Let's just pray. Father, we've come before your throne of grace, O oh Lord. We worship you. We thank you. We give you all the glory, O oh Master. Lord, we thank you because you ordain times and places for your church to gather. Because you ordain times and places for you to dwell in our midst. And Father, we thank you for that privilege to come by, this, by the feet of our great shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. To draw from him, to hear from him, and to listen to him, and to nourish ourselves, O oh Master. Father, the Holy Spirit that you have sent teaches us all things. The, the, the things that belong to the Father, which now belongs to the Son, and now in Christ Jesus belongs to the church. Father, teach us great truths by which we can live in this world, O oh Master, because we are in Christ Jesus. We praise you, we worship you, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. I'm excited about the word today. Uh, this was brewing in my heart for many months, and I've, I've been sharing that, you know, with, with, with Milu and with the kids, and I've shared that in the live team back and forth, but, but this, is, this, is a very, this is a very, very, very strong foundational teaching, you know? Last time we talked about a very, very, it was a really good teaching that we studied about walking in the light, not walking the light, what do you call it? Uh, the light has come into the world, right? And it's amazing. I mean, the more you, give, I mean, we have so much material. So the other day I was going through the notes and I was like, man, we have not even covered half. I mean, there is so much more stuff. And when we, write, when we give the notes, I really don't put the explanation in it. I just put the verses. So when you go back and read the verses, he's like, you, you don't get everything, right? I mean, you really have to listen to the word. So we definitely put it all up on the website. But more importantly, it's for you to look at those verses and really go deep and start diving deep and start reading it because the light has come is an amazing revelation. That is, we are lit up in the spirit. You cannot see ourselves. Like if you could see in the spirit right now, you are shining like with the brilliant of a thousand suns. And... And you are brilliant. I mean, you can't see it, right? Because you're, you're not seeing, you're seeing with your natural. Your natural eyes cannot take that brilliance. You need only spiritual eyes to take that. You are, it's like seeing the face of God. That's how you are. But more than that is we walk in total righteousness, walking in the light. And we're not going to get into the message. But so today's message is the place, location, location, location. How many of you have heard that? Location, location, location. Because in real estate and in house and everything, the value of a thing, of a place is where? Location, location, location. Doesn't matter how bad the place is. But if it is in the, if in the right place, what happens? It's extremely valuable, correct? Because there is something about location that makes the thing very important, correct? Wow. Did you know your location determines your state? Funny. It's not what you are, what your state is that determines where you're going to be. Right? That's what you think. If you're good, you will be in? In heaven. If you're bad, you will be in? Hell. <laughs> Bible doesn't say that. Bible says, if you are in heaven, you are good. <laughs> if you are in hell, you are bad. 
that. Your location determines your state. Never thought of that, right? The whole, all religions make it appear that you need to be something to, to be in that place, right? You want to be good in this world so that you can get to the place, right? Or if I can just get the best GPA, then I can be in a top college. Everything about the world system is if I can work hard, I can be in a good, great company. Or if I can, everything. It's like if I do something, then I can be in a certain place, correct? Hmm. The power of this is the place determines your state. Now, let's look at this very powerfully. Now, especially when you're looking at the world today right now, and, uh, and I want you to receive this message and dig deep into it and understand it completely. Completely, right? Because this will solve a lot of confusion and make you receive a lot of good things in this world. Because this was the mystery that God had, that he had planned before the foundation of the world. His mystery was a place where he can put you that you can never mess up. And you will always be prosperous and nothing that you can do can jeopardize your position, right? So for him, the solution is put them in a place. In a place and make it a prison that they cannot get out, that they, can, they cannot mess up. So this is a place. It's called the place, right? The place. Let's look at it very powerfully. Let's look at Psalms chapter 91. Psalms chapter 91. says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be a shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Wow. Talking about every virus. Every virus that walks in darkness. No, there's nothing, nothing to do with you, right? Nothing can come, nothing can happen. Nor of the destruction that lays waste at noon day. Nothing happens, what happens in the noontime? Nothing is, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. It shall not come near you, only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. If you see thousand fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, what does that mean? Where, where are you located? Yeah, you are in the place where the battle is going on. Yes or no? Correct? But yet, stuff is happening around you, but what does it say? It shall not come near you. Correct? So what is the promise to you? That it shall not come near you. Okay, so let's add these two plus two together. You are in the battle place, 1,000 in one side, 10,000 on the other side, but shall not come near you. Means what? So you are in the battle place. That means you can. Where are your enemies? Around you. But where is the danger? Near you or far from you? Doesn't say that. It says 
it shall not come near you. Hold on. Let's, let's analyze it very clearly. It shall not come near you. Means what? It's far away. That's weird. But yet you are in the battle place. But yet you are far away from the danger. This is a very unique place. This is a great place to be. Where you are in the battle, but yet the danger is far away from you. That has to be supernatural place. It cannot be just an ordinary place. Like for example, John is near me right now. If John... No, John is not going to fall down. <laughs> what I'm saying is... But if anything is happening, if, if there's somebody else there and he's near me, but if something happens to me and the Bible says it shall not come near me, that means it doesn't make sense, right? That means and no danger can come near this place where you are. So this place is very unique. Psalms 91 is a supernatural place and that place is called what? The secret place. See, this place was not available for anybody. Even Satan knew about this place. How do you know that? He quoted, oh, Ranjit, you got it. You know, Satan quoted scripture and he quoted which psalm? Psalms 91. What did he say? Angels. Where is he quoting from? Look at where. Look at, look at where. Then next was so no evil. 11. For he shall give his angels charge over you and keep you in all his ways. In their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. We are talking about such, such incredible protection that you, you will not even dash your foot against a stone. Have you bumped your foot against a furniture piece? Yeah. <laughs> As a child of God, God says, your angels are responsible for making sure that you don't dash your foot against your furniture piece. Do you see, are you serious? That means you say, but how, why did it happen? Things are going to change today evening for you. Things are going to change because you'll realize your rights. Your rights. You, you can only exercise and receive the benefit of something that you know that you own. Correct? Like, for example, if I tell Gracie, Gracie, you own a fully paid house in Colorado Springs. Let's amen say amen to it, right? <laughs> so, but she doesn't know until I told her right now. So she would never go to Colorado Springs because she doesn't know about it, though she owns it. When can she start using it? No. She can use it right now the moment she knows it. Like, for example, she can give it to Airbnb and make money out of it, correct? See, she can use it, right? But unless I told her, she doesn't even know about this place. So she cannot use it. The secret place is, okay, by the way, the secret place, we'll talk about where is the secret place. So the secret place is incredible, right? So he says, no evil shall come, and Satan knows about the secret place. In fact, he was assigned to do what in the Psalms 91? Do you know his responsibility is in Psalms 91? To protect. to protect the saints. His job is to protect the ones who are where? Who are dwelling in the secret place. See, angels are not dwelling in the secret place. Angels are sent to protect those who are living in the secret place. So Satan was an angel whose responsibility was 
to take care of the saints who are dwelling in the secret place. So he knows the power of the secret place. So he says, don't you know this? So he's talking to uh, Jesus as a man. He's not talking to Jesus as God. So he's been assigned an uh, assignment. So let's look at it. So he says, for he who dwells, look at the word dwells. So it cannot be a person who visits this place. Means what does, ha what does he have to do in this place? He's living. he's living there. So it's a dwelling place. Dwelling, say dwelling place. Dwelling. It's a dwelling place. So he dwells in the secret place. He will deliver us from the snare of the fowler. He from perilous pestilence. He covers you with a feather. So what's above you? Feathers. What's below you? Feathers. Well, whose feathers? Angels. I hope so. It's not said feathers of angels. But he says his angels will bear you up. So on the top, feathers. Down, angels. Right? And what, what else? In their hands. What is below? Let's look at it. He gives his angels to charge you. He'll keep you in all your ways. In their hands, they will bear you up. I'm sorry, those who said feathers. <laughs> you are not standing on feathers. You're standing on hands. You're standing on hands, right? So above are the feathers of God. Below are his hands. In their hands. In hands. It doesn't say in their hands. It doesn't say angels' hands. Did you see the word italicized in, the, in your Bible? Their hands. Huh? Their hands. There is italicized, right? Did you see the word it, their hands? Italicized, mm -hmm. right? What does italicized in your Bible mean? It's added. it's added, not there the original, correct? So in whose hands are you standing? God the Father's hand. Jesus said, nobody can take them out of my hand or my Father's hand. My Father is greater than all. He's talking about the secret place. So he says, anybody who's born again is in the Father's hand and Jesus' hand, nobody can snatch them out from there. You, you, you can jump on it, you can fall on it, you can mess up, but you are not going to get out. You're sorry, you're just stuck in his hands. If you say you can get out of Jesus' hand and Father's hand, means what? What, what does that mean? Means what? Jesus said, my Father is greater than all. So if you say you can get out of the Father's hand, means what? You are greater than the Father. So you cannot get out of, so you see, you're stuck. Now this is a good stuck place. It's a good stuck place, right? So before God created man, he created what? A place. He, that's how he did. First he created a place. And then he put the man in the place, correct? So because he, the place provided everything that Adam needed. Was there gold in that place? Why would he put gold in the Garden of Eden? That means God, God's plan was for Adam to be what? Rich. Rich. With, with the monetary system in this world. Correct? Why? Do you use gold as a monetary mean of exchange in heaven? No. You don't use gold. In fact, gold is on the streets. You walk on gold. Right? Gold is a picture of perfection and divinity. But more than that, but in, on the earth, gold is a system of exchange, of monetary. In, do you, have you noticed that despite all these years of economy and technological advances, gold is still valuable? Yes. Right? 
right? I mean, it, it, it doesn't make sense as a monetary piece of exchange. It's like a mineral that is yellow in color that people buy and store it, <laughs> right? You don't use it, you don't, but does the fact that you have it makes you rich? Unless it is divinely ordained as a monetary place of exchange. The people have tried to abolish it, but yet gold prices have been going up. Have you seen that lately the gold prices are going up? Huh? Crazily. See, somebody is talking about gold, <laughs> which is good. But gold prices are going up. I mean, this are uh, blockchain and Bitcoin will replace gold. No, I'm sorry, blockchain, Bitcoin, and everything is crashing, but gold is going up. I mean, because God has put gold in the earth. For whom? For man, for Adam, his son, correct? So it was his idea. So everything has been provided for you in the place. So look at, look at what he says. Verse nine, 9 and 10. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Come on. So what is your dwelling place? Psalms 91 very clearly tells you this. What is that dwelling place? The most high God is your dwelling place. Think about it. What Psalms 91 is saying is, your dwelling place is God himself. That means you have to live in a place called God. Don't overly over-spiritualize this. This is a real place. That place is in God. In God. Say in God. So this place is in God. This place is in God. And the only responsibility in Psalms 91 for you to receive the benefits of Psalms 91 is what? In this whole Psalms, can you tell me what the person who received the benefit did? I will say of the Lord. <laughs> That's all. That's the only thing that this guy did. I will say of the Lord. By saying what happened? What did he say? He said he called God his house. Let's break it very simple. He called God his house. The moment he called God the Father his house, what did God say? He is in my secret place. Angels. Take care of him. No pestilence shall come nigh him. Nothing shall touch him. His, 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 what is it? Look at the verses. You shall not be afraid of the terabinite, nor of the arrow that flies by day. But look at the other one. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Now this is very important because we have studied about righteousness, right? You know what is a truth in the New Testament? What is truth? We talked about the truth. Truth is you are righteous, righteously. That's the truth. That the world cannot receive that truth because they're like, how can I be righteous righteously? Because I know I messed up. I'm sorry. That means you don't know the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're born again, you know that you're righteous, righteously or unrighteously? Righteously. How are you righteous righteously? Because Jesus paid the price and made you righteous. You are not like the freebie righteous. You are a costly person. Paid, full paid, price righteous. Make sense? So you have paid, your righteousness has been bought for. It's not like, it's free to you, but bought by somebody. 
So you're righteous, righteously. He says, your, this truth will shall be your shield and buckler. What is shield and buckler? Shield is, in the Old, in the Old Testament, shield is, a, a com, it's like the Roman shield. It's like completely surrounds on all sides, completely. That's a shield. What's a buckler? Buckler is a small shield that you hold it in the front of your hand. When do you need the shield and when do you need the buckler? Look at the next verse. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. In the night, do you need the shield or the buckler? Sheesh. Why? Because you're sleeping. You don't know where the danger is coming from, which side it is coming from. A buckler is of no use. Buckler means what? You need to be what? Awake. Awake. Because you are using the buckler against the direction of where the arrows are coming in. Correct? But when you're sleeping, you just have to be covered by shield because you're trusting in that shield. So when you go to sleep in the night, do you arm your house if you have a security system? You do that, right? You put in the coat and ours will say, armed, ready to arm. <laughs> Scream in every room, you know, because the thing, ready to arm. So it's like the shield is up, right? That's what it's called. The shield is up. Go to sleep. Don't worry about it. The shield is up. So, but the buckler, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night. So night is taken care. Nor of the arrow that flies by day. What's the arrow that flies by day? Huh? Uh, how is it an arrow? It's a principle. Yeah, but how is it an arrow? Break it down. Very simple. It comes to your mind. It comes to your mind. Like what? What comes to your mind? Thoughts. Thought, what thoughts? Why is it an arrow? It's, it, huh? Condemnation thoughts. See, what is the truth telling you? You are righteous, righteously. What are the daily arrows during the day? It be a, a, a employee will tell you, uh, Anil, you, you should have not done that. But I, I did not, like I had, a, I had somebody come to my office and say that you did something really wrong. That's not right. I'm like, I, I could not even open my mouth. I'm like, what did I do wrong? And he's like going and going. I'm just like, give me a break. Let me explain. Man, you have these arrows, right? So that's, that's the time. What do I have to say within, when I'm hearing this? I'm righteous, righteously. I'm not condemned. I'm perfect. I don't care what he says. I know that I'm perfect and righteous. But he'll say, Anil, you just made a mistake. You blew up. I'm sorry. My righteousness is not because I did not blow up. I'm sorry. You, got, you need to go to lesson 101. My righteousness is not because I did not blow up, right? Uh, my righteousness is because I blew up and somebody paid the price. Right? So that's your buckler. So your daily walk, in your daily, in, during your day, use the buckler. What's the buckler? No. The shield is in the night. What is the buckler? Huh? No. Look at here, it says what the shield and the buckler is. I know it is a word, but <laughs> look at what is the shield and what is the buckler? His truth. His truth. See, that truth, what is the truth? That I'm righteous, righteously. That truth is your shield and that truth is your buckler. See, you don't need a separate, that same truth that you're righteous, righteously keeps you from danger when you're sleeping. That truth that you are righteous, righteously keeps you from harm when you are awake. 
When people condemn you, when your spouse condemns you, when your children find fault with you, when you find fault with yourself, when your boss find faults with you, when all kinds, I mean, seriously, I mean, you walk into your office, you're constantly trying to protect yourself from accusation, right? I mean, constantly. You look about it, you go check yourself. Constantly, the actions you take are lest in case somebody find fault with me. Right? Oh, save that email. Oh, reply to that email. Oh, let him know. Oh, don't CC him, CC him. <laughs> because you're like, you're constantly, constantly, because you're constantly trying to protect yourself, that to protect the fact that you are not to blame. Correct? That's all. God says, hold on to your buckler, right? Your buckler, your truth is your buckler. Amen? You agree? Your truth, shield and buckler? Then I, the, it's not the Holy Spirit. I'll put some more words in that Psalms, you know, truth, buckler, shield. <laughs> like every, every, everything has a meaning. Everything has a reason why he's saying. Okay, but a thousand may fall, but, but that's not what he says. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra and the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Wow, you got to have authority in this place over all serpents. Welcome, Suji. Welcome. Uh, so you have authority over all serpents. Because he has set his love upon me, and therefore I will deliver him. I will set him. I will set him on high. What is he talking about? He's talking about again, huh? Place. You see, your place determines your protection. You need to know this. This place, the secret place, is the key for all your victory here on the earth. It is your victory even after you die, but especially because all the Psalms 91 is talking about the enemies here, correct? But while you're here, he will put you, set you on high. Obviously, this place is a miraculous place where while you're on the earth, God has put you in a place. And that place is where? In God. Or, more accurately, in Jesus. Because Jesus is in God, the Father. We are in Jesus. In Jesus is a place that was not available for anybody, including Adam. Did you know even Adam could not be in Jesus? He, so when, when in, the, in the garden, where did God walk? Inside Adam or alongside Adam? Did you know that you have a greater privilege that God is in you, not alongside you? Even Adam did not get into this place. This was not available for Adam. This place is a supernatural place that was ordained before the foundation of the world for God. God had prepared it through Jesus only. Say only Jesus. It was only available through Jesus. You need to get this doctrine completely clear. In Jesus is a supernatural privilege that is not available for anybody. This secret place, angels covet. Satan is dreadfully afraid of this place. This is a supernatural place. And if you are in this place, which you are in Christ Jesus, nothing can touch you. Do you believe it? 
Nothing at it. No viruses, no poverty, no sickness, no fear, no poverty, nothing can touch you. You need to have believe it, right? It has nothing to, you cannot see it with your natural eyes. You are there, okay? Okay, this is so good. I have lots of stuff. I don't think I can cover it, but I have to do justice and just go very detailed point by point. Okay, surely a thousand. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. When you are in this place, Psalms 91 promises you that you can see what happens to the wicked. Isn't that cool? Do, do you see around what's happening to the wicked with your eyes right now? Sure you can see, because you see a thousand fall, 10,000 fall, correct? People are sick, people are dying, people are falling into debt, people are struggling. People are into depression. You're seeing the, wicked, uh, the reward of the wicked. You are seeing demons being cast out because power of Satan being removed. So you can see with your eyes when you are, God has given you the privilege to see the reward of the wicked while you are. Obviously, he's talking about a place here right now on the earth because you can see this. So the secret place is a place where you have, you are protected, but you can see the reward of the wicked. Amen? Okay, let's now go to the next verse. Let's go to Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1. Everybody knows Psalms chapter 1, right? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. What does the first verse talk about? Who, look at what, who walks not, who stands not, who sits not. What is the focus of the first verse? Location. He's saying, let's find out where this righteous man who's going to be blessed, where is he located? Because if you can locate him correctly, what's going to happen to him? Everything else will be taken care. Look at it. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted. Say tree planted. Let me ask you a question. What does the tree have to do for it to flourish? <laughs> no, no, think about it. What does the tree have to do for it to be flourish? What does the tree have to do for it to bear fruit? What does the tree have to do that it shall leaves shall not wither? What does the tree have to do? Huh? I mean, really nothing. Because the tree has to be planted, correct? The tree has nothing to do with... I mean, who decides where the tree is planted? The one who is planting. So if when the tree is planted, look at what it says. What is the location of verse 3? Where is he planted that causes him to be fruitful? He just happens to be planted in the right place. What is in that place? Rivers of water. Because of where he's planted, what happens to him? He bears fruit in its season, his leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Anil, don't talk about prosperity again. I'm sorry. Psalms 1 starts by saying, if you are located in the right place, you will... Is, whose word is that word prosper? God's word. 
He's saying, ye shall prosper. You cannot help but prosper because why? You are planted in a place where there is a, there's a river. Do you know in this place, now we know which is this place. What is this place? In Jesus, there is a river. What is that river? Who, who, who is that river? Holy Spirit. See, th this place is the only place which has the river. Remember in the Garden of Eden, in the center of the garden, there is a river that comes out in four heads, correct? And the gold of the land is good. And in every place where the river flows, there is prosperity. What is in the Garden of Eden? There was a river. In Christ Jesus, there is a river that never stops. What is the river? The Holy Spirit. Out of you shall flow rivers of living water. Thus he spoke about the Holy Spirit that was not poured out, that he would pour out after his resurrection. Amen? See, that river was not available to the disciples. Let me ask you a question. Was the disciples in the secret place? Good. <laughs> I was waiting for that question. Before Jesus' resurrection, was the disciples in the secret place? No. no. Yet, were, were they fruitful? Yes. yes. Why? Because Jesus was with them. So they were fruitful just like Adam was fruitful when Jesus walked with them. But the Holy Spirit was in them or with them? With them, but not in them. Jesus was with them, but was Jesus in them? No. Take, because this place, say the place. This place was not available before the resurrection. The Holy Spirit is in that place. Jesus is in that place. God the Father is in that place. So you're talking about the, the triune God in that, is in that place, correct? There are more things in that place and I'm going to talk about it, but this is powerful. This, let's start with these three places, okay? Okay, are you good? So the Holy Spirit is there. So if you say, if you're planted, you will prosper, correct? So if you say, I am in the secret place, whatever I do shall prosper, amen? So what happens if I make a mistake? So if, I, if you do a wrong investment or if you mess up with some colleague, if you apply for a wrong job, what should happen to you? Nothing. Because you are planted by a river, you can never wither. Because you will always prosper. Whatever he does, he doesn't say, whatever good he does shall prosper. Does he say that? I mean, have you seen trees that are planted by streams, and then a little bit away, there are trees, they only flourish when, when it rains. They are so dependent upon the economy, the things that go around, the conditions. But the ones that are planted next to the river, what happens? Nothing. I mean, you go through these Middle East places, you go to these desert places, they, are, they call that oasis. Uh, oasis. What is it called in Arabic? Uh, they call it Wataya? I think it's called... It's called the, they have these cities, they call the cities which are built around these oases. And you see this all around the Middle East. Completely dry, no rain, but there are trees there because there are underground springs that constantly feed water in that place. And people live around those places because 
doesn't matter. They are not dependent on the economy of the world. They're not depending on what's happening in the news. They're not reading CNN morning, evening, and night. Because they have nothing to do with that, right? Because their economy is not connected to that. They are planted because they are located somewhere, and that place is in Christ Jesus. Amen? Okay, let's go to this place. Psalms 23. Psalms 23. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me... <laughs> you're, you're getting the refrain. He makes me... In? So he's talking about what? A location, a place, correct? Because he brings, the good shepherd brings you to a good place. And when he brings you to a good place, what are the sheep doing? He makes me lie down. Because he doesn't have to do anything. Whose responsibility to bring you to this place? Shepherd. The shepherd. What does the sheep have to do? Just follow. Just follow. Huh? Follow. Rest. Rest. I mean, you are followed. You are, <laughs> you are, you are in him, right? You're in him. Look at how Psalms 23 says. Surely goodness. How is so confident? Now let me ask you a question. How can Psalms 23 be so confident? How is the psalmist so confident? Surely. When somebody says surely, he has to factor in all eventualities. Dow Jones crashing. NASDAQ crashing. Crude oil prices dropping. Or, or rising. Right? Or uh, real estate prices crashing. Or jobs disappearing. How can you say surely? How can you say surely? Uh, he can say surely because of what happened in verse 2. He has a good shepherd and he has made me lie down in green pastures. What does he say? Surely goodness and mercy, or mercy means favor, favor shall follow me. The word follow is in the Hebrew is hunt you down. Hunt you down. I was <laughs> like, you're like, it's enough. I've got too much increase this year. It's enough. I cannot handle this increase. In fact, this is what the, when, when Moses asked for offerings for the tabernacle, they brought so much gold, so much stuff. The craftsmen, they, they went and begged, pleaded with Moses saying that, please tell the people to stop because we cannot work. Because there is, there is so much, because for working you need some place, right? So there is so much stuff. That we are just busy collecting stuff. He said, can, they, can you tell them it's enough? So Moses said, he passed a decree and he said, there no more offerings are going to be accepted. Can you believe that? That means your opportunity to give has passed. Can you believe as believers if the other day there was a missionary. And by the way, there's a missionary uh, that, I, that we, we support. Uh, he is from Kazakhstan. Uh, uh, but if anybody wants to connect with him and partner with him, if your spirit wants you to be led, he will not communicate with you because it's very dangerous to communicate for Kazakhstan. But, but he, he was saying, Anil, tell them if anybody wants to partner with me, it's a privilege. It's not for everybody. Just let them know. So he's like, then I realized the Lord is telling me, Anil, when, when somebody gives you an investment offer, they always tell you what? Hey, I'm not giving this investment offer to everybody. It's only for a few, right? If you want to jump in, jump in quickly. That's how it is in the kingdom. When you get an opportunity to sow, run. Because it's an opportunity that you have. Because what's going to happen when you sow? You reap. The, the, <laughs> in, the, in, in, in Wall Street, if you get 10% return, great. 20%, man, you are an outperformer. 
in the kingdom of God, you multiply. There is no percentage growth. It's multiply. 10, 30, 60, 100. You know what is 30 fold in, as a percentage? No, 300% is three times. 30% is how much? 3,000% increase as a minimum. 3,000% increase. If I tell you, I give, Anil, I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you an investment that can give you 3,000 minimum upwards of 1,000. How much is 1,000? 10 times. 100 times? 10,000 percentage. I mean, we can't, can't even, the, the Bible is like, don't even talk about percentage. It talks about times, 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 30 fold. Fold, fold it, fold it, fold it. So we're talking about that. So what do you say? Look at this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will. Oh, look at that word. Look at the word. What's the word? Dwell. But I will dwell. How long? Where will you dwell? House of the Lord. What is the house of God? The secret place. What is the secret place? Jesus. If you dwell there, what does Psalms 23 promise? Surely goodness and unusual favor. Great favor. Let's look at Revelation chapter... Revelation chapter... I think Revelation chapter 3, possibly, where he talks to the churches. Revelation chapter... Revelation chapter 3, he's talking to one of the churches. He's talking to the faithful church at Philadelphia. Philadelphia. So he says, look at it. verse 12. He who overcomes. He who overcomes means anybody who has accepted Jesus as a savior. How do we know the definition of overcome is that? First John. First John says, who is he who overcomes? Who believes Jesus Christ is the son of God. Correct? Don't, there, are, there are preachers and ministries who say overcome means you need to live an overcoming life here in this world. I'm sorry, there is no mention about that in the Bible called overcoming life. We overcome because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We overcome because we are in Christ Jesus, correct? Not because we did something to overcome. So people use that verse to beat Christians. That is totally wrong. Totally mis misrepresenting that verse. He overcomes. Oh, you are an overcomer. I am not. I am an overcomer. You are not an overcomer. We are this special breed that will live with God and everybody of y'all, you know, y'all keep trying. No, 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 no. Uh, First John clarifies, who is he who overcomes? He asks the question and answers it. Go and check it out. Okay. But he says, verse 3. Uh, sorry, uh, chapter 3, verse 12. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar. I'll make him a pillar in the temple of God. How do you like to be a pillar? <laughs> How do you like to be a pillar in the temple of God? You know what's the advantage of being a pillar? Huh? Come and go. You cannot visit in and out. You cannot. See. Y'all will leave today evening after the live stream, correct? What if I make some of you a pillar here? <laughs> See, pillars don't walk in and out of their house, correct? Pillars are planted. Pillars don't move. 
Jesus saying, this is my reward to you. If you, are, if you overcome, I will make you a pillar. That means you are going to be in my house. You will not go in and out. So what is the benefit? What is the benefit? You're planted in the house. Look at the verse. I, and he shall. See, he's not talking about he shall come in no more. He's talking about what? What is the advantage of being a pillar? He shall go out no more. That means nobody can take you out. Visitors leave. Pillars don't. I mean, you go to some of these palaces. The doors are gone. But what is remaining? The pillars are still there because pillars don't move. They are planted. If you want to be in the temple, you want to be what? A pillar. You are planted. In the, and I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God. Talking about location and the new Jerusalem. Again, location, which is down, come down from heaven, from God, and I will write on him. My new name. That means he's saying, I am going to put you in me in Jerusalem. Okay, let's go quickly this because I'm going to jump straight to a very powerful chapter. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Look at this. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 12. So he's saying how to get to this place. He says, therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may, be, may not be dislocated but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all men and holiness without which you cannot see the Lord. Looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Correct? Lest there be a fornicator or profane person like Esau who for the morsel of food sold his birthright but for you know that afterward when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected for he found no place for repentance. You see, see, let me break this down very simply. Esau wanted this place, this secret place, because this is the place of blessing. See, he could not get this place because if he can be in this place, he would inherit all the blessings. Amen? Correct. So he sought it with a lot of tears. But did he get it? No. Why? Because he didn't, because he sought it with his own strength. He didn't seek it with grace. Grace means he's not depending on the Lord Jesus to give it to him. Correct? While Jacob received it through grace. Because he, he grabbed the angel who was the Lord Jesus when he struggled with him. And he said, don't leave me. He begged him because he depended on the Lord. And when the Lord saw, saw his weakness, he gave him the blessing. That Esau was trying to get it by his efforts and crying. So both cried. But one did not have grace with his crying. One cried because I, I did all this right thing. I have struggled. I have spent, did so much work. You have to give me. You have to give me this. And he could not get it because he did not seek it with grace. Look at it. Looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. See, you have to seek this place. This place is not available by your performance. It's only available by the grace of God, right? So though he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears, for then he says, for 18, 
Look at verse 18. For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and burned with fire and to blackness and darkness. You have not come to this mountain. So there are these two mountains. One is the mountain that is called Mount Sinai, where God demands justice from you based on your performance. You have to perform and you are blessed. But he said, on this mountain is not the place that you, are protect you have protection. See, a lot of people think, only if I could be on Mount Sinai. I am with God, but I am on Mount Sinai. I have power. But guess what? What's up? What is on Mount Sinai? Huh? What is on Mount Sinai? Look at what it said. On, you, have come to, you have not come to a mountain that may be touched, that burns with fire to blackness, to darkness, and tempest, and a sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. On Mount Sinai, you're hearing words that say what? Judge. Who judge you constantly. That God who constantly make a demand of you. Because you're not going through grace, right? You're not going through Jesus. You're going through, be, bless me, I want to inherit this because of what I did right. So you're trying to come on this mountain by, by the law, correct? And he says, but on this mountain is all words that are condemning you. You're trying to come to this mountain. Like Esau is trying to come to this inheritance place through the Mount Sinai. But he says, those who endured did not want to hear these words. But look at verse 22. And I want you to tell me what all this place is called. Okay? Are you ready? Millie, are you ready? Okay. Verse 22, for you have come to, let's count it, Mount Zion. That place is called Mount Zion. Next, city of the living God. Number two, number two. Number three, heavenly Jerusalem. Number four, innumerable company of angels. Innumerable company of angels. In the old covenant, when the law was under effect, one angel shows up, what is the response of the person? Fear. You're going to die. You're going to die. Because we saw an angel. Because the angels were like constantly finding fault with you. Did you know that when Moses met God at the burning bush, and one chapter later, an angel is trying to kill him? <laughs> I just like, one chapter later? One chapter later? I was like, the guy just saw God. God said, I will be with you. And you will deliver Egypt. Next chapter, God wants to kill him. <laughs> because the guy, angels don't, because the guy is not righteous. You see, only in Christ Jesus is righteous. So what did his wife Zephyrah do when the angel tried to kill him? He circumcised his son and threw the blood at his feet. See, now by the blood of sprinkling, he is righteous. Doesn't matter. Oh, I speak to God. <laughs> I saw God. I saw fire. Doesn't matter. An angel shows up, you're going to die because you are not righteous. Only by the sprinkling of the blood are you righteous. You see the place? That place was not available. So angels shows up, they're ready to kill you. Like David, or David, a man after God's own heart, correct? Okay, until he messes up. So he messes up. With his Bathsheba, what happens? Words. <laughs> words come, right? Who sends the words? 
What's that? No, God sent the words to the to, to Nathan. Says what? Let me tell you a parable. Oh, this is not a nice parable. <laughs> okay. There was a shepherd who took a sheep of somebody's only sheep. Oh my goodness. He's like, yes, kill the guy, kill the guy. <laughs> See how quick we are to judge others' sins, right? So God said, Nathan said, you are that. Oh my goodness. You don't want to hear words. Because, but I am God's beloved. I'm a man after God's heart. I'm sorry. You, are, you mess up. You are good until you mess up. The moment you mess up, you need to die. Your son has to die. My goodness. Then he said, no, Lord, have mercy on me. Oh, then God has mercy on him. Then everything is hunky-dory. The kingdom is doing well. Suddenly he's like, mm, I think I need to find out how, how many people I have in my kingdom. Let me just count them. Oh, you don't count. You don't count. I don't count Alkesh's bank account, right? I don't... Definitely not Ranjit's bank account, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get into his... I mean, the guy will call the cops on me, right? I mean, what do you mean? What do you mean? No, you don't count somebody else's property. The moment David said, I will count God's people, what is he saying? That's mine. Oh, if you are... Oh, if, if, if these are yours, okay, no problem. Angel shows up. Okay, what do you want? How do you want to die? <laughs> it's like, how many do I kill? Because now you have to do the protection of Israel, right? So he starts killing in Jerusalem. Starts killing. My goodness, the moment David saw the angel on Mount Moriah, that's the place where Jesus is finally going to die, right? Oh, that's such a beautiful picture of when the son would finally pay the final price so that you should not ever die. Amen? But David could not stop his people from dying. But a son of David did. It's so beautiful. So the moment David saw the angel, what did he do? He ran. I mean, the guy who is supposed to not take care of the kingdom, he ran. But there was this guy whose threshing floor this place was. He's uh, called the threshing floor of... Aaron? Not Aaron. The threshing floor of... Uh, can somebody find that while we talk? So I think it is uh, not Aminadabala. Aaron, I think. Aaron or... Somebody can read out. When this guy saw that angel, you know what he did? He continued to thresh. He didn't care. Why? No, no, no. Arnan, Arnan, Arnan. So this, this threshing floor of, was of Arnan, correct? So the angel is now killing people in Jerusalem. And the angel is coming on the threshing floor of Arnan. Now he's starting to kill. He's already killed, I think, 3,000 people plus. We don't know the exact number is mentioned. So he comes on the threshing floor of Arnan, the place. He comes to a place that later, who is going to die? Jesus is going to die on that same place. But the moment he claimed, came, came to that place, he stopped. So beautiful. Judgment stopped. Not because of David. Why? Because God's only son is going to one day die on that place. But when Arnan saw that angel, he kept threshing floor. Why? Why did he stop? He's not afraid of the angel. Why? He's like, 
the son of David, sorry, David did the crime, he will pay the price. Why should I pay the price? That's faith. When you say someone else will pay for my sin, God credits it as faith, as not as pride. So you can continue threshing so that another, because another took your price. See, that's faith. Faith is not being afraid when the, pest, when the, the destroyer comes to you by day because you are covered by the blood of sprinkling. Amen? You know that another paid the price. What is Arnan saying? A son of a David is going to pay the price for me. I am not going to pay the price. I'm not going to pay the price. So today, as a believer, you continue threshing. That means you will be fruitful even when the world goes in a, uh, in a hell in a basket. What do you call it? Hell in a handbasket. I don't know what that means, but whatever it means. I don't, I don't know there are handbaskets in hell or something like that. But, but it's almost like that. You don't care what's happening around you because another, a son of David, actually paid the price for me. Amen? Amen? Okay. So what does he say? But you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, heavenly Jerusalem, to my innumerable company of angels. Now angels are for you, not against you. Then verse 23. What is it called? General assembly, the church of the firstborn, registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Did you know this place is all of this? All of this is this place. Everything is in this place. Okay, let's go straight to Genesis chapter 22 verse 4. Genesis chapter 22 verse 4. Can somebody read that? Genesis chapter 22, verse 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place. Say the place. The place. So when did Abraham see this place? On the third day. Where did he see it? Far off. That means it was not available for him, but he's seeing it far off. Because that place is only available when? After resurrection. Correct? That place is only available after resurrection. So he's seeing the place far off. Let's read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 to 10. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place. Say the place. When, which he would receive as an inheritance. And when he went out, not knowing where he was going, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents in, in Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of, with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So he's waiting for a city whose builder and foundation is God. Again, he's, he is not, he's waiting for that city. So what is that place where God has built it? Look at verse, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. Those all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them far off. See, none of the prophets, none of the priests, none of the kings in the old covenant ever received this place. 
not available. They saw from far off, but they never could be away, never could receive it. Because look at verse 11, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 39 and 40. For all of these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God having prepared something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. They would not be made perfect apart from us. That means the saints of old, they would not be made, or would not get this place unless they are made perfect. And they would not be made perfect without we being made perfect. Okay. Okay. Let me quickly go and then we will show you something that powerful that the Lord showed me for this year. Okay, let's go to Exodus chapter, Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Did you get Exodus chapter 3? Let's read from verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the midst of the fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Correct? Then Moses said, I will turn aside and see this Great sight. What was so great about the sight? The bush was not consumed. So I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn? So what was Moses amazed about? Was it the fact that he saw a big fire? Or was he amazed that this fire is in the bush and the bush does not burn? So what was Moses seeing? So since we are talking about what today? The place. So, so what is amazing is the bush does not burn. Bush does not burn. Think about it. The bush does not burn. The bush does not burn. Who is the fire? Who is the fire? Who is the fire? Anna? God is a fire. God appears as a consuming fire. Correct? Correct? He is the fire. Correct? Yes or no? He is the fire. So what is amazing about this place was the presence of God in the fire or the bush was not burning. So it's not amazing that God is a consuming fire. There's nothing great about that because everybody knows that God is a consuming fire. But when God is in the bush and the bush does not burn, that's amazing. Did he get it? That means when God resides in you and you do not burn, that is the place that Moses want to be in. That place was what the prophets wanted to be in, what Abraham wanted to be in, where God can be with us and we will not be consumed. Can you believe that you can walk with God in you and you are not burnt? I mean, I'm, I'm fine having God in this house, but I better be perfect. <laughs> I was like, 
because because he is holy god he's perfect but god but then the responsibility is mine or his the way god has created this place is he put us in him and made us perfect so that we are never consumed he see that that's a beautiful the moment uh, moses turned to look at this place because he was looking at what tell me what is he was looking at fire in the bush and the bush is not confirmed what is he looking at yes but what is he looking at no i know that is a natural thing what what is he looking at he is looking at the church he is looking at the church right remember when the holy spirit came in the day of pentecost how did it come and where did it come it came went into the disciples correct and did the where the disciples consumed so did they see the burning bush there in the day of pentecost yes god in fire residing on people of wood wood in the picture in the old testament is always a picture of humanity always a picture of humanity always a picture of humanity that's why isaiah chapter 53 says who has believed our report he grew up like a tender shoot out of dry ground see god became wood and grew out of dry ground because god became wood it's always a picture that's why we call psalms 1 says the trees planted by rivers because we are wood but the holy spirit god himself residing in us and we are not consumed moses saw that place but moses could not get into this place did you know that moses could not get into this place how do we know that look at the next verse so when the lord saw that he turned aside to look god called to him from the midst of the bush and said moses moses so in 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 uh, hebrew you'd say moshe moshe i hope i think so moshe right when you say moshe moshe and he said here i here i am then what did the first thing that god said to moses was what no no yeah sorry do not draw near think about it what was moses trying to do he wants this place see this is the place of psalms 91 this is the place that abraham is looking forward to this is the place that david says how good and pleasant is it for me to dwell in the house of god it is it is it is better to be, live as a doorkeeper in the house of the lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked he's talking constantly about the house of god every prophet every king in the old testament is looking forward to this place when moses saw this place he's like i see the place so he's trying to get into this place moji god said he means moshe moshe don't come close why why he's not righteous he's not righteous so he says you cannot be you're not righteous so what does he do he says take off your sandals for the place wow what is this place what's the place what how does what does god say about this place this place is holy do you see something where god resides right now is holy ground that you are holy ground right now 
How can the Holy Spirit dwell with you if his name is Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit living in unholy places? No. Holy Spirit living in holy places. In fact, the Holy Spirit could never even come, even on disciples, when Jesus was walking with them, because they were not holy. Only on Jesus, the Holy Spirit came. Not on John the Baptist. Not on Elijah. He always dwelt with them and helped them, but never dwelt inside them, because they would be consumed. They would die immediately. Holy Spirit, it's too holy. And then said, Moses hid his face. And the moment he introduced himself, this is what God said. I am the God of your father. This is the first time Moses realizes that this is God of his father speaking. Can you believe the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is now speaking to Moses? God, of, you know, they all the Jews knew the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What? Because what did God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob do to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? What did they do? What did God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob... See, the God of Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob is very famous among the Jews. Why? Because what did, they, what did he do for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? What did he do? What? Come on, what did he do? All that, but what? Why was he? Why was he so famous? Because they were very prosperous. See, that was the number one. Abraham was very prosperous. Isaac was very prosperous. Jacob was very prosperous. Correct. That was the the marky nature of a God who lives with you is the fact that you are prosperous, and they all want this God. But he says. And Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look upon God. Why was he afraid to look on God? Because he knows that he is not righteous. He, he can only approach this God as a servant, not as a son. Today, you have not come to Mount Sinai. You are coming into Mount Sinai where you see God face to face. Did you see Hebrews chapter 12? It says they will see him face to face. You see Jesus face to face. You can't see God the Father face to face because the, Jesus is the face of the Father. So in that sense, you see the father face to face. Like if, if Ranjit looks just like his dad, completely like his dad, if I say, Ranjit, Ranjit says, Anil, if you see me, you have seen my father. So if, if anybody says, hey, have you seen Ranjit's father? I'll say, yes, I've seen Ranjit's father. He looks just like Ranjit. <laughs> you got it? That's how it is. How the father is. He was seen me, I've seen the father. That's how the father looks. Amen? Do so you see the place? So draw, don't draw near this place. Okay. I'm going to talk about something that the Lord said today and then we'll talk. But before that, let's go to this place and I'll, a lot of material, we'll cover it maybe in a different session. Let, now let's go straight to what Jesus said, right? Let's go straight to Jesus said. Let's go to... John chapter 13. Okay. So I want you to... Everyone turned there because this is, this, is, this is from Jesus' mouth. He's talking about that place 
And I think there's a lot of confusion about this place, and I want you to get this understanding completely clarified. John chapter 13, John chapter uh, 13 verses 33. Everybody got John chapter 13? Okay. Little children, I shall be with you a little longer. You will seek, you will, you will seek me, and as I said to my Jew, to the Jews, where, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you. So he's saying, I'm going, I'm going to a place where I'm going, you cannot come. Correct? Correct? He's talking about this place. Okay. Then verse 36. Now look at this. Peter is also interested in this place. See, everybody's interested in this place. So Peter said to him, Jesus, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me. Cannot follow me? Now. Wow. Now I'm getting some hope. <laughs> right? See, for all the others, there's no guarantee that they can get into that place. See, they came out of Egypt, but they couldn't get into the the land. They couldn't inherit the land. See, the, the land that they inherited was not the place. Paul talks about it. For said, if they had inherited the land, they would have never uh, been kicked out. Because that land which you inherit, you cannot come in and go out. It's inherited for how long? Forever. Correct? Right? It's a place forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So the land that Israelites went in was not the promised land that God had planned. That was just a type, correct? So that, that, that place is, this is the place. This is, Jesus is about to reveal that place. Uh, let not, okay, he says, okay, listen, I'm, I'm excited. Verse 36, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me, afterward. say afterward. afterward. Okay, get ready. Now, now we need to know, now the only question is what? No, no. <laughs> We don't know what, we, we know the place. Jesus is going to that place. He wants you to get into that place. So he's saying you cannot go now. It will be afterward. Then the question is what? When is this afterward? Right? Say, say right. When is this afterward? Okay? Okay, let's read this. So Peter, now Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you? <laughs> I like it. See, I, I know you never read this verse with the light of this location, right? Because you skip past everything. But the mystery, see, this whole passage is about what? Everybody, loudly. The place. The place. So Peter is saying, it's like a little boy. Oh, why can't I go now? <laughs> Have you seen your children ask you? Why, why can't I go now? No, no, but Dan, no, not, uh, we can't go now. But we want to go to Disneyland, but no, but why not now? So Peter is just very, just like anybody else. He's like, why don't, because it's, why is he wanting to go there now? Because it's a good place. It's a good place because God promised to Abe Moses, he said, I will take you out from the, up from the land. It's called up. So this place is above. And bring you to your good land, a broad land, a spacious land. So it's a big land. It's a big land. It's a spacious land. And it will be reflected in everything that you have. I'm telling you, if you have, you get this mindset today evening. If you have this mindset, if you have a mindset that you own a house in Colorado Springs, you start, you start manifesting those things in your life. 
Because once you know that you own stuff, it starts showing up in your life. You have to have a mindset that this place is your rich place. Say, my rich place. My rich place. Right? You don't have to be defensive about it. I'm telling you, the tree has nothing to boast about the fact that he just happens to be planted in location, location, location. I just happen, you know, some, some of these houses in Highland Park area look so run down. Check the listing. What do you see? No, no, are you two million run down houses with 1,500 square feet. What are they paying for? Location. What are they going to do with the house when they buy that place? Tear it down. Because they don't care about the house. They care about the location. Exactly what you and I are in this place. Like, who cares about you? Location, Manohar. <laughs> you are blessed not because of you. Look at you. You didn't even shave today. <laughs> but who cares? I am? No, I'm located. In, say, in Christ Jesus. Oh my goodness, this word, in Christ Jesus, never shows up in the old covenant. It was never available. Suddenly after resurrection, the Holy Spirit in every epistle, every chapter is in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Because what happened? The place became available. So we read this verse, in Christ, in Christ. Ah, so boring, in Christ. What is this? Oh my goodness, if you knew, this is the place of Psalms 91. In Christ. I'm sorry, I have to shout. Okay. So we are still at Peter, right? So Peter is asking, Lord, why can't I follow you now? Look at the next verse. I will lay down my life for your sake. What is he trying to do to get this place? No, 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 no. He is doing, he is doing what Esau was trying to do. He is trying to, he is trying to bypass what? Bypass grace and pay the price. What did Hebrews say? Be careful not to go to this place by, without grace because you are not coming to Mount Sinai. So Peter is trying to go to which place? He is going to Mount Sinai. Why is he going to go to Mount Sinai? Because he has been to a mountain with Jesus. Which mountain was that? Do you know the Mount of Transfiguration? Who showed up with Jesus on that mountain? Elijah. Elijah? Moses. Moses. Which mountain was that? Sinai. That's where Jesus stood with Peter. And what did Peter say? It is, it is good for us to be here. Let me ask you a question. Is it good for Peter to be on that mountain? What did he say? Let us make three tabernacles. The same place. See, the whole context is about the place. Let us make three tabernacles. One for you. One for Moses. One for Elijah. Because he values what? The law and the prophets. He wants his performance. And he says, Jesus, oh, okay, one for you also. 
What happened? The moment he uttered that words, he says he did not know what he was saying because he doesn't know the place. God, when God has to talk from heaven, if God has to interrupt you, because Peter is intruding on the very heart of God's purpose on the earth is to bring this place for man, correct? And Peter is now bringing wrong doctrine. God the Father speaks from heaven and says, this is the place. This is the place. Who, which is the place? Which is the tabernacle? Jesus is the tabernacle. This is my, my beloved son. Hear him. In him is the place. In him is the tabernacle. So the moment they all fell down and they lifted up their eyes, what did they see? Only Jesus. Now they are in which place? They've still not got the place because they are Jesus. They are not in Jesus. My goodness. He's saying, wait for your Jesus to tell you about this place. Don't make this mountain your place. You will be blown away when I tell you the passage after the transfiguration is when Jesus told, if you have faith, you will say to this mountain, be thou removed and it shall obey you. He's talking about which mountain? This mountain of the law. He says, if you speak to this mountain, because at the bottom of that same mountain, they are trying to cast out this demon out of this young boy. By what? By Jesus' name or by the law? By the law, because who was disputing with the disciples at the bottom of the mountain? The scribes and the Pharisees. And what are they disputing with the disciples about? They're saying, oh, you did not do, you did not keep the Sabbath. You have to be perfect if you have to cast out this demon. Because they are trying to cast out this demon through what? Through Mount Sinai. And Jesus says, if you don't have faith, speak to this mountain, be thou removed. That means don't want the law against you. Just in the same chapter. Oh, uh, this mountain is my job, my spouse. No. <laughs> this mountain is your performance that you demand from yourself because you are demanding this place through Mount Sinai. He says, speak to this mountain, be thou removed, and it shall be done for you. Are you excited about this place? Peter saw this mountain, right? And he's trying to get to this mountain through his effort by paying the price. What did Jesus say? Will you lay down my life for my sake? I was like, okay. So Jesus is not like, seriously? Or is it all like in modern American language? Really? Really? You're gonna, you're gonna, you lay down my life? So, but Jesus does not, is not sarcastic. Remember, Jesus is not sarcastic. But this is like as close as that he can, I mean, close as he could have got without being sarcastic. But he will not be sarcastic because he doesn't want to make fun. Will you lay down my life for my sake? No, Jesus is about to open Peter's eyes to show that he cannot get to Mount Zion, to Mount Zion through, through his works. He says, most assuredly I say to you, he's now telling him the truth. I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Do you think this rooster had to wait a long time? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> the 
this is so funny. This one rooster whose only job was to wait for Peter to deny before he roost. Do you think he had to wait long? He's like, already? I mean, my <laughs> this is funny. The rooster typically roosts early in the morning, but Peter had already denied. <laughs> so, so the rooster is like, <laughs> so all the other roosters are like, what's up with you, buddy? <laughs> why, are you, why are you roosting so fast? It's like, I'm sorry, this guy didn't wait till morning to deny Jesus. No. That is so funny. So this rooster doesn't have to wait too long. Three times is not immediate. Two verses later, he's already denying Jesus. But that's what Jesus is trying to say. You cannot get to Mount Sinai in this place through your works. You cannot get it. Just know it. I mean, why waste your time? So Jesus is helping him avoid all the trouble. Correct? Oh, this is so powerful. This is powerful. If I show you the revelation after this. See, the book of John, and this is a secret for believers, mature believers. The book of John is a book of signs. Just because you read it like what's happened, don't stop there. Look beyond it. It's about types and shadows of what God is showing about that thing. Let me show you. Let me show you an example here. This is very powerful. He's talking about this place, right? So, so he, he's talking about this Mount Sinai, this performance. He's, it's all signs about exactly what you're going to do. So verse 14, chapter 14 is just a continuation of what he's talking to who? He's talking to whom? Peter. He's talking to Peter. He's continuing, same red lines. He's continuing. Because he's, the, what is the topic of the discussion here? Don't be, don't be no, 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 no. The place. See, because he's trying to address this question, how to get to this place. In the meantime, Peter had a, he's like, I want to go now. I want to die now. Means I will try to get it myself. I'll take a shortcut and get there. Right? Like Jesus said, you'll come. Hold on, hold on. You'll come afterward. But he said, no, no I want to go now. I'll die now. Go. Like, no, no, no. no. You, wait. So he's trying to come. He comes back to the topic of this place. Now, this is the... So stay on the topic. Chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. That means he's telling me, trust me. Trust me. Believe in me. In my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you so. What Jesus is saying is, you have all heard about this place. The prop, David has talked about this place. Abraham has talked about this place. The psalmists have talked about this place. I have come down from heaven. Correct? Correct? See, if everyone, if I come from if I, if I go, if I came from Pune, or let's say I, I go from US, I go to India, and then I go and I, all my friends and relatives, they come and gather and say, Anil, man, is this true? That, uh, uh, give me some crazy stuff that they know, that, that there are cowboys and horses in Dallas. So I would say, ah, no, no, it's not really true. So he's saying, if, so what Jesus is saying, if it is not true, I would have told you. Because why? Because I come from there. I don't want to raise your expectation that this place is there and there is no place. Correct? So he says, if it was not so, I would have told you so. That, that now it is even better. Now they are like, oh, really? So this place is there. Oh, okay, great, great. Let's keep listening. I have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you. Means what? 
I'm going to make this place available for you. Say that this place was not available when Jesus was saying this. Not, not available. She's not available. This place is not available. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to prepare this place. Correct? What is this place? Gracie? Jesus, correct? Jesus, correct. He in him. That is this place. But this place in him was not available. But he said, but Jesus was available. But I'm sorry, but that place in him was not available. Not available. Okay? Keep listening. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Now you know what the place is. Unto myself. Unto Jesus. Correct. You got the place. See, again, there's a validation of that place. Where is this place? In him. So if he says, hey, I'm going to prepare a place in uh, farmer's... No, what's your place? Parker. I'm going to prepare a place in Parker. And, and if I go, I'll come and receive you in Parker. Correct? That means the place and the, uh, where you receive is the same place. But Jesus used two different places. He said, the place and myself. That means what? It's the same place. In myself is the place. So if I go, I prepare a place, I'll come and receive you to myself. Myself is that place. That where I am, there you will be also. See? So where are you right now? In Jesus. Are you in that secret place? Yes. yes. Uh, is, this is not the rapture. See, a lot of people take this passage and say, this is talking about a mansion in heaven that we will one day go. No. This is... I'm sorry, you've gotten there. You're like, you're already there. This is the place. If I go, I'll come and receive you to myself. So let me ask you a question. Did Jesus come after he was resurrected? Did he come back to the disciples? Yes. yes. And he received him into himself because now the word in him, in Christ, starts being used by every disciple. Correct? Because now all the disciples are where? In they are in Christ Jesus. Was never there before. Because now they are in him. So this place has now become available. And where I go, you know. How do, how do they know where, where I go, you know? No, not right now. Where I go, you know. And the way you know. So Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know. Okay, see, I like the disciples. Like many of us, we just assume and don't ask. I'm like, just ask, right? So the Thomas asks, we do not know where you're going. I was like, yeah, we do not know where you're going. Where are you going? Good question. By the way, Thomas is like, look, did, does anybody know where he's going? I was like, no. See, everybody's pretending as if they all understood, right? So Thomas is like, what? You, do you know where he's going? No, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? I was like, I like the simple English questions. We do not know where you're going. Then what is the point of asking you the way? Then Jesus, look at that. I am the way. So Jesus says, how do you go to this place? Forget about where the place is. How do you go to this place? I am the way. The truth and the life. 
No one comes to the Father. That means where is this place? In the Father. Okay. We just heard that it is in himself, but it is also in the Father. Correct? No one comes to the Father except through me. So you are in Jesus, but you are also in the Father. Correct? If you had known me, you have known the Father also. From now on, you would have seen the Father. Okay, let's go quick. John chapter... John chapter 14, verses 19 to 21. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. A little while longer, the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you live also. At that day, you will know that... Now, listen to this verse and underline this verse. Verse 20. What does verse 20 say? In that day, which day? After resurrection. You will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Got it. I know this, is, this looks like too much churchy. But I want you to understand the power of this, what he's saying. What, so this location, look at the characteristics of this location. What does he say? In that day, where is Jesus? I am in the Father because Jesus is going to the Father. But Jesus is inside the Father. Correct? Say in the Father. See, he's not with the Father. He's in the Father. Correct? Very important. Where are you? You are in Jesus. Because you are in Jesus, where are you? Algebra, right? A is equal to B and B is equal to C. Therefore, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus, for algebra. Right? I am in the Father. You are in me. Therefore, you are in the Father. What does that make all three of us? One. The Bible definition of one has nothing to do with agreement. The Bible definition of one is inness. Say inness. Inness. They say that they will all be one. You say, they, they, the world will know that they are all Christians. They are one. You remember that? That means we'll all agree with everything? No. I, I don't even agree with my wife. But are we one? Yes, because we are one in each other, in Christ Jesus. You got it? In Jesus. Like, you are, we are all one. But not in our opinions and actions or anything. We are all one because we are all in Jesus. Jesus is in the Father. Therefore, we are in the Father. You got it? And Jesus is in us. And the Father is in us. You got this thing? Intermingling. So we are all. But you see, but it, does, it looks so uh, new age-ish. No, it's not new age This is the secret place. This is the secret place. While you are in the earth, you are also in the Father. You are in Jesus. Jesus is in us. And the Father is in us. Guess what that makes you? Very, very very rich, very prosperous, very secure, very powerful. You got it? This place is, the location is what makes this possible. Agreed? Okay. Keep reading. John chapter 17. 
20. John chapter 14, verse 23 and 24. Jesus answered and said, If anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and the Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Do you need more clarification? I think you're like, Anil, we get the message, right? We get the point. But I want you to really believe it because Jesus took time and effort because this secret place is your Psalms 91 secret place. If you understand this, everything is available. He says, we will come and make a home with him. So let me ask you a question. So now who is the temple right now? We are the temple. We are the temple. Jesus said, you know, Jesus, one of the biggest things that the Jews were angry with because, and he was mocked, even during his trial, they, came, uh, they constantly brought this up with Jesus. This fellow said, destroy this temple. I will destroy this temple. And in three days, I will build it up. Correct? So why did they, why did they keep bringing this up? Why did they keep bringing this up? Because Jesus would have kept saying this all the time. Because what was Jesus pre pre most preoccupied with when he was on the earth? The Bible says it. Zeal for my father's house has eaten me up. You, wow, what a verse it is. What he's saying is, I am constantly only thinking about my father's house. Means what? The zeal. I'm like constantly in my waking moment, my sleeping moment. I'm thinking about what? How to build this house. Correct? How to make this place available. Zeal for my father's house has eaten me up to such an extent that I have become an alien from my relatives and a stranger to my kingfolk. That's Psalm says. I become so crazy. Like his mother was like, what is up with you? In fact, when Jesus was 12 years old, do, do you know what I'm coming to? They said, for three days, we were searching for you among the relatives. Where, what, why have you done this to us? This made them mad. And where did they find Jesus after three days? In the house in the temple. And what did Jesus say? Why did you seek me? Did you know that I had to be about my father's business? <laughs> Means he's preoccupied about the father's house. He's in the house because he knows this temple that they believe is the temple is going to be destroyed. And he will have to raise it up in how many days? That is why he said for three days they were searching for him. On the third day, Jesus was in the house. See, nothing is a coincidence. The three days that they were searching. Where were, were, where were they searching Jesus? Among the relatives. Where is Jesus? In the house. Where will you find the secret place? In him, not in the world. You spend three days searching for the secret place outside in the world. Oh, if only I could find this strategy of investment, I'll make a millionaire. Or if I only find this job and this business, I'll become, I'll make it in life. If only I marry that girl, I had it done. Or if only, you know, 
If only, if only, if only. Right? So you start looking for this place in, among your relatives. That's how it's called the world. But it is in the house. Your prosperity is in the house, in the secret place. Amen? So this is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in the house, right? This is the kingdom. Oh, this is beautiful. We don't have time to... I don't want to get there. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get there. There's something very powerful about money that is coming and God has promised something very powerful for this year. Did I even share about it? I didn't. But I, because I want to get this foundation. Okay. Uh, let's go quickly. John chapter 17. John chapter 17 verses 11. Now, John chapter 17 is all about the secret place. I'm going to read it very slowly. Please, please don't get distracted. Just listen to it very slowly. Read it yourself. Verse 11 onwards. Okay, do you all get it? John chapter 17 verse 11. Now I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world. Wow, he's talking about the secret place now. And I've come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those who you have given me, that they may be... They may be one. What did I say about one? He's talking about the place. Oneness have to do with the place. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those who you have given me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition that the scripture may be fulfilled. But now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my place fulfilled, they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Now for the first time, Jesus is saying they are not of this world. That means they have got a new place. location. Just as I am not of the world, Jesus has got a new location. I do not pray that you shall take them out of the world. See, though you are in this world, God, Jesus says, I don't want you to leave from this world. But you should, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Psalms 91 says, how, do you, how are you kept from the evil one? Dwelling in the secret place. Correct? How, do you, how are you kept from the evil one? By dwelling in the secret place. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Again, he repeats that. Separate them. Sanctify is the word separate. Separate them. Again, he's talking about location. By your truth. Psalms 91. Your word is truth. What is the truth in Psalms 91? I know it's a shield and buckler, but what is the truth? I am righteous. Righteously. Correct? That is the truth. Separate them by the truth. That means every time Satan tries to attack you with whatever in the world, you should constantly say, hold it. I am righteous. Righteously. Nobody can touch me. So you just declare it. Psalms 91 said, he will say of the Lord, right? Okay. And you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I separate myself or sanctify myself. That they may be separated by the truth. That means you will get this location by the truth. Verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but all those who believe in me through their word. That they all may be one in you, Father, they, that they all may be one. Is, it a, is there a period there? Is there a semicolon or a period? A comma? Comma. That they may be one. And he's clarifying how one. As you, Father, are in me, I in you, that they may be one in us. Done. 
You got the place? It's clarified. That the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you have given me, I have given them. That means all the glory of this house, all the glory of Jesus, you have it right now. That they may be one just as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. Look at the word perfect. Remember in Hebrews chapter 12, he said, we have come to the spirits of just men made perfect. So in this place, Thompson, are you perfect? How perfect? As perfect as Jesus is. Anil, you are as perfect as Jesus is. Because of what? Because of location. You got it? In us. See, the in us makes you perfect. You got it? Okay. Uh, uh, Joseph Prince gives this example, and I like it. So what he says, this is the Bible, correct? Where is this pen? In my hand. If I put this hand in the Bible, where is the pen? In the Bible. If I keep the Bible on this place, where is the pen? On this place, correct? If I put the Bible here on the, on the keyboard, where is the pen? On the keyboard. If I put, throw the Bible on the ground, where is the pen? On the ground. What determines my pen state? The pen state. Where the Bible is. You got it? Your perfection is not determined now for the first time by your location. And that is the good news of the gospel. And, uh, two and a half hours later, I got it. I got it. So you see why your location is important right now? Because where the book is, that's where the pen is. So where is the gold? With Jesus. So, good news? The gold is with you. Correct? Where is the glory? With Jesus. Good news? The glory is with you. Where is the love that the Father has for Jesus? With Jesus. Good news? Now it is with you. You got the thing? This in me, I know you have read this Psalm 17, it's like, stop this in me. <laughs> it's like, in me. Why Jesus is like, you ask me a question, I'm answering the question. What is the question? Where is the place? And Jesus spends a whole chapter and then prays to the Father and tells them, these disciples want to get to the place. I really desire that you will get them into this place. Let's look at this next verse. And the glory which you have given me, that they may be one just as I in one. Look at verse 14, uh, 24. Father, I desire that those who you have given me may be with me where I am. See how important is this Jesus' desire. The question is, what does he want the disciples to do? Father, I desire that they may be, that they may have power, they may have strength, that they may have, no, 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 that they may be where, where, the location, because this location will give them everything. 
that they may be where, where I am. That you may that the who again that where that they they where I am that they may behold my glory that was all the good things all the good opinion that you have given me for you loved me before the foundation of the world and we talked about it in the last life team Jesus loved G, God loved Jesus before the foundation of the world break it down in very simple English God loved Jesus before he did anything that's the meaning that means. Do you love anybody before they even did anything? You know, God loved Jesus before he made the heavens and the earth. In Genesis chapter 1. Where? When he said, let there be light, he called the light good. Who is the light? Jesus. Before he created the heavens and the earth, he called Jesus good. Jesus is the one who created the heavens and the earth. And he called Jesus good. Before Jesus did any miracle on the earth, Jesus, God called from above on the river Jordan and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He called him good before he had done one miracle. Now, before he paid the ultimate price, ultimate price, nobody would ever do that. God himself, in fact, his son, even the son said, Lord, is there any other way that this can be done? Even then, he became obedient. Even though he did not know if there is any other way. He's asking the father, is there any other way? Yet, before that obedience, on the Mount of Transfiguration, he told him, this is my beloved son. That means before he did the ultimate act of obedience, he called him good. Before he did the ultimate act of uh, as a servant on the earth, he called him good. Before the ultimate act as a creator, he called him good. He loved him before the foundation of the world. He says, do you want to have that kind of love that God has for you? My goodness. Can you believe if God can love you like that? Before you do anything, Jesus says what? Oh, oh righteous father, the world has not known you. They think that they only love me, that you love me only because I do all these things. Oh, the world has not... Oh, look at the words. Oh, righteous father. When God loves you, before you do something, he is righteous. He's not doing fakeology. Like we tell him, oh, no, no, son, you are, a, you are the top guy in the school. You're kidding. There are other top guys in the world. You know, it's like, no, that is, that is just encouraging. That's not the truth. But when God calls you good, He's telling you the truth. Righteous Father, the world has not turned. I've known you and you have these, I've known you. I've declared to them your name and will declare it. Amen? Okay. And we'll finally close with one verse and then let's go. Let's go to John chapter 18. John chapter 18, verses 1 and 2. John chapter 18. Okay, guys, are you all ready to show this is an actual practical, practical? Now you can say, I mean, this is all theory. Show me practically what's the advantage of being in the secret place, right? So Jesus explained now two chapters talking about this place, right? John chapter 14, 
John chapter 15, 16, he's talking about the place. 17, explain completely about this place. He finished the secret place, correct? He taught the secret place. Look at the next verse of the first chapter of the next chap verse, chapter. First verse of the next chapter. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron. What does the book, brook Kidron mean? Kidron means death. Means the place of death. So remember I said John is a book of science. Every sentence, every word has got spiritual meaning in it. It's a science book. Don't just read it like a story. He, he, after he had said these words, he went with his disciples over the brook Kidron. That means he passed over death. But he went with his disciples, right? Guys, are you all here? Okay. Where there was a garden. Hold on. This place has a garden. Because remember when God created man first, in that, in that prosperous place, what was there? A garden. A garden. What else is there? A river, correct? Do you see a river there? Brook Kidron, right? He crossed over the Brook Kidron where there's a garden where he and his disciples entered. So they have entered into where? The place. Come on, come on. I want to hear this. I want to hear some feedback. Where has he entered? The place. The place, correct? Okay, read this. Now, and Judas who betrayed him also knew the place. <laughs> Why is this important? Because it's spiritual. Who knows about this place apart from Jesus and the disciples? Satan. See, Judas is not in this place, if you notice. But Judas knows about this place. Satan knows about the secret place, the power of the secret place. What is in the secret place? That's why the Bible says Judas knew about the place. Yeah, are you ready? Okay, read the next verse. For Jesus often met there with his disciples. That means where does Jesus commune? In this place. That's where we are right now. Satan knows about this place. You are in this world, Thompson, but he, he, you know, he has a tough, he has a problem right now. You are in the secret place, but you are in this world. He would, he would rather have you in the place and out of this world. The problem is, is that you are in the place, but in the world, and that he doesn't like. Why? Let me, let me ask you a question. Why? How will you take more people to the place? Jesus. No. No, because when people around will say, how is it that you are protected? Then you will, you, you will tell them what? I am in the place. So what will others say? We want to be in this place too. Satan doesn't want that. He would rather have you, please, go to your place. But Jesus' strategy is very important. Father, I do not pray that you shall take them out from this world, but 
keep them in this place. And he spends a half chapter talking about this place. Are you excited about this place? No, 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 no. You're not excited about this place? This fools everything that Satan can throw against you. He hates this message. Because you have now discovered this place. Oh, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. What? You are in this place. You are in this place. Satan knows about this place. Cannot do anything about this place. Cannot do anything about this place. Okay. Practical example. This whole thing is about practical, about the power of this place. And Judas, now this is Satan. Now, the, I know you're reading Judas and all that, but go, guys, look, go over the layer. The layer is about Satan. Look at the strategy and the warfare that Satan comes against you in this place. Amen? Okay, let's read it very clearly. Then Judas, having received a detachment, that means what does he have? What does he have? What does Satan have? Detachment means what? A whole army. He has an army of angels, of detachment, of people against you, correct? He has an army, correct? Detachment. But there are more with you than with them, him. Because we have what? In Hebrews chapter 12, remember we didn't count all the things that we have in this place. What was one of the things that you have in this place? Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, how many angels? Innumerable company of angels. So Satan has a detachment. You have? Detachment can be counted. Detachment is limited. Innumerable. Guys, you have innumerable angels on your side. Angel, one angel destroyed Jerusalem during the time of uh, David. One, one angel. You, one, you. <laughs> Just look behind. Innumerable. Detachment? Seriously? Please, upgrade. <laughs> you know, it's like... Upgrade. When you're coming against me, please upgrade. Right? Don't insult me. Don't insult me by bringing a detachment. Okay. Having a, received a detachment and officers to rulers, principalities, and authorities, with chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. You see the details of the weapons of Satan against the disciples and Jesus. Why is the Holy Spirit giving all these details? He's telling them, despite having all of these things, you cannot touch them. Do you want to see that? Okay, read the next verse. Now, Jesus knowing all things that would come upon yes. Hallelujah! I'll tell you why I cry hallelujah on that. Why? It is not on us. It is on him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He, the pen is in the book. Suddenly the pen is in the book. Now it is not about him. It's not about the disciples. It is about him. See, now you are in the secret place. You are not fighting the battle. It is about Jesus because you are in him. 
Hallelujah. Now Jesus knows all the things that will come upon him. Come upon him? I'm, this is the power of location. The power of location is Jesus going forward. Things have changed. This is not, this is before resurrection because it's a type. Kidron Valley, death, he's crossed over, resurrection. Now he's in this place. He just prayed that, put them in this place. Put him in his place. Jesus, they are in Jesus. He, Jesus is in the Father. Father is in them. Jesus is in them. Now nobody can see anybody except they can all see what? Jesus. That's what the angels can see. Satan cannot see you. Satan cannot see you. Satan cannot see you. So he needs torches. <laughs> and he needs rechargeable batteries. That batteries have to be recharged. Because it's not like permanent. Torches. What's the, what's the problem with torches? They burn out. You have to get new torches. Detachment. What happens with the detachment? They get tired. Second shift. Third shift. So he has to decide. Like how much should I fight this guy? I mean, this guy, he never loses. Why waste my time over this guy? Right? Because he knows his authority, he knows his shield, and he knows his buckler. I would rather go to somebody who doesn't know that they have a house in Colorado Springs. <laughs> I'd rather go to that guy who doesn't know about it. Right? I would rather, I don't want to go to this guy. You know, because I have limited resources, right? I don't have innumerable. Did you get the hint? He doesn't have innumerable, right? Uh, we have unlimited, he has limited, so he has to kind of decide. That's why Satan had to leave Jesus to come back. Why is he like always tempting Jesus? Sorry, too much time, too much limited resources. I have to attack somebody else. You know your shield and buckler. Let me just spend time with somebody else, right? Shield buckler, sorry, shield buckler category. Don't touch them, shield buckler. Shield. And after you go from this place, you should be the shield buckler category. Don't waste, don't let Satan waste his time over you because you're not going to touch, cannot be touched. So Jesus, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? What did they say? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. See, they did not even say the disciples. Because they, why? Can Satan ask for you? No. Cannot ask for you. Because where? Because why is the Satan cannot ask for you? Let me ask you a question. Why? Because he cannot see you. He cannot see you. He's blinded. Remember, he's blinded by the light. He cannot see you. He doesn't see you. He sees Jesus. He's like, what do you ask? I'm like, I'll ask for Jesus. He's like, look for Jesus. Whom are you seeking? I'm, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to him, I am he. Then Jesus, Judas, who had betrayed him, also stood with them. I mean, he's talking about Satan. He's, he's not part of this group. Remember, he's not part of this group. Because he didn't believe in Jesus as Lord. He believed Jesus as the rabbi. He's trying to get in through, not grace. He's trying to get in through the law. By, the, by his effort. He's trying to make it happen. So he cannot get in. I am he. Then he, Jesus, who are you seeing? Jesus said, I am he. And Judas, who had betrayed him, also stood with him. When he had said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. This is only recorded in the book of John. Why? 
<laughs> I, I don't know why, why I'm asking the question why. The Holy Spirit has recorded it, right? But I suggest that he's recorded it to show the power of the shield. Cannot touch. What does Psalms 91 says? Thousand may fall. Did it happen? They fell. Did you see? A thousand may fall at your right side. Ten thousand on your right side. It shall not come near you. Only with their eyes they shall see the reward of the wicked. So can the disciples who are with Jesus see this happening? Yes. yes. But can, are they, uh, can they touch him? Them? No. Why? Why can't they touch him? They cannot. Okay, let's look at the next verse. So when they fall, then Jesus, verse 7, he asked them again, as if, whom are you seeking? So they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you, I am he. Means what is he trying to say? <laughs> no, 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 no. He's saying, I am he. Come and get me. No, but he's saying you cannot touch me. Because why? Because I am separated. I am sanctified. And you are sanctified. See, you are in the world, but you are not of the world. They cannot touch you. Viruses cannot touch you. Poverty cannot touch you. Disease cannot touch you. You just allow them to come in. You, 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 have, you can give permission. But they have no authority. You have a shield. By night and a buckler by day. And you are in the secret place. Amen? Okay, look at the next verse. And Jesus said, Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way. Wow! Even when Jesus, even when Jesus was willing to hand himself over to them, he would not hand whom? The disciples who are in him. Now he's never going to hand him, himself to anybody because he already paid the price. Game over. He said, let these go their way. That, the full, that it might be fulfilled which he spoke. Of those who you have given me, I have lost how many? Psalms 91, fulfilled. Nothing, you would not, Jesus cannot lose even one of you to Satan's power. Not even one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck, struck the high priest's uh, servant and cut off his right ear. Why is Peter doing this? I mean, like, why is Peter trying to cut off the servant? What's he trying to do? He's behaving as if he is not in Christ Jesus. And he needs to fight his own battles. From that point onwards, you see him. Peter is making his own fire. He's warming himself. He's, and he gets into further and further turmoil because he is trying to get to this place by what? By, by his works. What did Jesus say? Put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? What he's saying is, why do you want to drink the cup? Should I not drink the cup? Because if I drink the cup, Guess what? You don't have to drink the cup. 
You remember there's a verse, Psalm 75. Exalt, promotion comes neither from the... Do you want to see that? And I'll close with that. Psalm 75. Psalm 75. Psalm 75, verse 6. For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. What is missing? North is missing. Because it's a type of... Exaltation comes from God. Correct? So remember, it's very very interesting. But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. See, the way he promotes you is not free. He promotes you by putting down another. But how many? He puts down how many? Who is this one? Jesus. Jesus. He puts down one. How does he put that one down? Look at the next verse. For in the cup, because it's a continuation, for in the hand of the Lord, there is a cup, and the wine is red. It is fully mixed, and he pours it out. See, that cup that brought you your promotion, that brought you your healing, that brought you your prosperity, that cup, he, who drank it? Jesus. He put him down so that he can exalt you. Amen? So now you are not only exalted in that place, but you are exalted in everything that God has promised you. Amen? But then he says, Surely its dregs shall all the wicked of the earth drain and drink down. This is powerful. This is what the Holy Spirit told me today. He said, after you drink a cup that is fully mixed, a cup that is fully mixed, you drink it. Who drank that cup? Jesus. Jesus. That all the wrath, all the punishment, all the foolishness, all the price, he drank it. Correct? He drank it. After that drink, you take the cup and keep it aside. At the bottom of the cup is all the dredges. Correct? And who will drink that? He said, the dredges will the wicked of the earth drink. Because the wicked doesn't want to believe that Jesus paid the price. And the wicked wants to still pay the price. Like Peter wants to still pay the price, but Peter is now redeemed because God redeemed him. What I'm saying is, the wicked who don't receive Jesus, God says, okay, if you want to pay the price, okay, I'll give you the dredges of that cup that Jesus drank. And they will drink. For how long will they drink? Forever and ever. Ever. Amen? Let's just close in prayer. And I wanted to tell you something about a prophecy that I wanted to give, but I don't have time. But I want you to just read the verse. It's in Haggai chapter, Haggai chapter, uh, for, for this verse. So go back and go home and read this chapter, Haggai chapter 2. He's talking about 2020 and something powerful. And if you believe it, you've got to see it this year. Are you ready to believe it and receive this is what he says. For thus says the Lord, once more a little while I will shake the heaven and the earth, the sea and dry land, and I'll shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations. That is Jesus. And I will fill this temple. This temple is you. This temple with glory. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord. That means this glory is about what? Prosperity. prosperity. This year, God is going to give you supernatural prosperity. 
because he's going to shake the nations. They are going to come to Jesus, but the house, which is the church, God will bless with glory of silver and gold. That's why gold prices are going up, correct? Because it's a sign that God is going to get ready to bless the church with gold and silver in prosperity. Are you ready to believe it? Now that you know that you are the temple, amen? Okay, next verse. Haggai chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord. The glory of the latter temple, which is you, which is you, shall be greater than the former, which was the former temple, Solomon's temple. And in this place, I will give peace. You will have peace in this place. Amen? But Haggai chapter 2, verse 10. On the 24th day of the ninth month, he's even marking a day. September 14th? September? No, this is according to the Hebrew calendar. The 24th day of the ninth month, the ninth month on the Hebrew calendar is the month of Kislev. And I will tell you when is that day, okay? Stay hold. In the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet says, Thus says the Lord. Now ask the priest concerning the law. If one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and with the edge touches bread or wine or oil or any food, will it become holy? The priest said no. See, this is what Haggai is telling. Under the law, He's saying, ask about the law. If you are holy, and if you touch anything like bread, or food, or oil, will it become holy? No. no. What will that become? It will stay what it is. That means the businesses that you start, the investments that you do. Under the law, your holiness does not impart to that. You got it? They are not blessed because you are blessed. Amen? But he says, it is not going to be under the, new, under the new temple. In the new temple, whatever you touch, holy. That means if Jesus is holy and you are unholy today, when Jesus, you are in Jesus, what happens to you? You are holy. Or does Jesus become unholy? Jerry, if you sin, does Jesus become a sinner? But you are in him, right? Therefore, Jesus should have sinned because you are in Jesus. What happens in this temple is a supernatural thing. The holiness overpowers the uncleanness. Under the old temple, the uncleanness overpowers the holiness. That is why the, Samar the, uh, the Samaritan, the not Samaritan woman, the guy who was uh, dead on the... The story of the Good Samaritan. Why did the priests and the Levites, nobody try to help this guy? Because if they touch a dead body, what happens to them? They become unclean. They become unclean. But in the new covenant, in this new temple, whatever you touch will become alive. Whatever you touch become alive. Because you are in the house. The glory of the latter temple. But which day? This day onwards. This day onwards. 24th day of the ninth month. Haggai 2, now Haggai 2 verse 15, 17. Now carefully consider from this day forward, from before the stone was laid upon stone in the temple of the Lord. When was the stone laid in this temple? 
No, this new temple. When was the first stone laid? The, which was the first stone in this temple? Jesus is the first stone in this temple, correct? Correct? When the first stone is laid, from this day onwards, what will happen? Since those days, when one came to a heap of 20 first, there was only 10. When you come to a wine vat to draw, there was 50 baths, but there was only 20. I struck you with blight and mildew and hail in all the labors of hell, yet you did not turn to me. Consider now from this day forward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Consider this. Two times he says, consider this. Is the seed still in the barn? So Jesus is the foundation and Jesus is the seed. When was the seed that came first into the earth? When did the seed of Jesus first come into the earth? In Mary's womb. The seed came in Mary's womb, correct? Is there seed in the barn? As yet, the wine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have not yielded food. But from this day, from this day, I will bless you. The moment the seed of Jesus, the foundation, came into Mary's womb, the Holy Spirit said, what about Mary? Blessed are you. The whole chapter starts by, blessed are you. Blessed are you. I am blessed. All the women will call me blessed. From this day onwards, Mary became blessed. Now, let me ask you a question. Why did Mary become blessed? Because of Mary's works or because of Jesus' Jesus seed? Where? In her. In the new temple, who is in you? Jesus. Where are you? From this day onwards, I will bless you. From this day onwards, I will bless you. And look at this. And again, the word of the Lord came on the 24th day. Wow, 24th day of that month. Speak to Zerubbabel. I will shake heaven and earth. I will overthrow the throne of the kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overthrow the chariots and those who ride in them. That means nobody can boast in the chariots and horses. Their horses and their riders shall come down, everyone by the sword of their brother. Verse 23, in, the, in that day, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shethiel, says the Lord, I will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you. Today, we have the name of Jesus as a signet ring. And we are blessed. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 1, and you will see Mary calling herself blessed. And I'm not going to go there. Let me tell you a mystery. <clears throat> the 24th day of the ninth month was December 25th, the evening of December 24th, the morning of 25th, in the day when Mary was conceived, according to the Hebrew calendar. It's amazing. The foundation was laid. And from that day, and exactly nine months later, Jesus was born during the Feast of Tabernacles because he tabernacled among us. But the moment 
the seed came into the earth, Mary started becoming prosperous. Started gold started coming to them. Did gold come to them? Did frankincense come to them? Did they become very prosperous? Why? Because the temple is getting built. The glory of the latter temple is greater than the former. And God says, you are the temple. Amen? And I have promised that I will bless you because you are my temple. Amen? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Okay. And let me close with this second prophecy. Are you all in a rush to go? No? If you all want to go, you all can go, okay? <laughs> but I want to tell you something really rich. But God has prophesied the, sign, the message of the second sign of Moses. Okay, do you want to see that? Go to Exodus chapter this. Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter, and I'll close with this. Exodus chapter, Exodus chapter 4. Then Moses said, but suppose if they don't believe me and listen to my voice, suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. The Lord says, what is in your hand? A rod. He said, cast it to the ground. He cast it to the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out with his hand and caught it and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of your fathers, the Lord of Abraham and the Lord of Jacob and the Lord of Isaac and the Lord of Jacob has appeared to you. Furthermore, the Lord said to him, put your hand in your bosom and he put his hand in the bosom and he took it out. Behold, his hand was leprous like snow. He put your hand in the bosom again and he put his hand again in his bosom again and drew out his hand and behold it was restored like the other flesh and it, will, and, he, and it will be said if they do not believe you nor heed the message of the first sign that they will believe the message of the latter sign God, God said Moses that I'll give you two signs first sign you throw the rod it will become a serpent and you hold the serpent and it will become a rod what was that a sign of? That was a sign of Jesus Christ becoming a serpent on the cross. Remember that is the rod that became a serpent. And he told Nicodemus, as the son of man will be lifted up. As, as, as Moses lifted up the serpent. So that Jesus was lifted up as a serpent. So he said, that's the rod. When they see that, that the, um, God became a serpent on the cross. They will believe that I have sent Jesus. Amen? But if they don't believe that, and Israel, did Israel believe that sign? What did they do? Like Moses, what did they do? They fled from him. Isaiah 53 said, they fled from Jesus. Correct? Said, if they don't believe that, show them the second sign. If they don't believe the message of the first sign, they will believe the message of the latter sign. What is the message of the latter sign? Put your hand in the bosom. He removed it. It was leprous. Then he said, put your hand back again. And it was healed and restored as before. He said, if they don't believe the message of the first sign, show them the message of the latter sign. We, God is getting ready to show the world the message of the latter sign. The message of the latter sign is 
a hand going inside a bosom and coming back restored as before. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. God is going to restore your house, which doesn't look great, correct? He's going to restore it just like the former, like the other hand. What is the other hand like of God? What is the other hand of God? Who is God's hand? Jesus. The arm of who, to whom has the arm of the Lord revealed? Isaiah 53. It is Jesus, correct? So he says, the church doesn't look like Jesus, but he says, now they will see, the world will see what? They will see the church, what? Like the other hand. That means they will see the church, how? Like Jesus, glorious like Jesus, prosperous like Jesus, blessed like Jesus. They didn't believe the first sign. The Jews don't care about Jesus on the cross, but the Jews do care about you being prosperous. Because God has made them prosperous. But when they see the church prosperous, they will see, how is it that that hand is as prosperous as the other hand? And God says, this is the beginning of the times where he is going to restore the message of the latter sign. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you willing to be a volunteer for display for God? Are you willing? Or are you ashamed? Are you cool? Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring on the healing. Bring on the prosperity. Bring on the restoration. Bring on the restoration. I have so many verses about restoration. I'm not going to go there. Joseph, go and read the book of Joseph. Joseph said, I will restore the gold. I will restore the gold at the, at the, in their money sacks. And when they opened the money sacks, they saw the money. They said, who has done this? And then he said, send them carts to Israel. Then when Jacob saw the carts coming from Egypt, he said, I believe Joseph reigns. See, jo Jacob did not believe until the message of the second sign. When Jacob saw the carts coming from Egypt, fully laden with all the goods, he knew Joseph. Joseph reigns. Because if Joseph is rich, come on, complete the sentence. If Joseph is rich, I am rich. If Joseph is rich, carts should show up at my doorstep. Amen? Amen? Restoration should show up at my doorstep. Amen? Because I am located in the secret place of the Most High God. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's just pray. Father, we come before your throne of grace. We thank you. We worship you. We bless you. We bless you, Master, because you are our God and you dwell in us. Oh, Father, I pray that you will give this revelation of the secret place to all the brothers and sisters in this place, Master, in our life team, in this small group. Let them receive the revelation, O oh Lord. Lord, because you have appointed these brothers and sisters here for a reason. For it's not an accident, O oh Lord. Father, let them be able to receive it. Let them be able to walk in it. And let them be able to see the glory of the latter house has been greater than the former this year, Master. Let them see that their sickness and disease flee away. 
Let them see their enemies fall to the ground, Master. Oh, Master. Let the testimonies that shall arise out of this teaching be far and innumerable, giving glory to the God of heaven. For you are faithful to cause it to happen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come and dwell in us by the word of our testimony and the, by the blood of the Lamb. And help us, O oh Lord, to live in the reality of the secret place all throughout our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.